Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the LPN Show. Recorded both in Los Angeles and New York City. We're just, you know, here to hang out. Have a good time. All right. I'll talk to y'all after a while. Hello there, faithful listeners of the LPN Show. Here is me. I am your sometime host of the rotating triptych of Cerebus heads of the hosts of LPN Show. It's Henry Zabrowski. Today, we have very special couple guests here. Uh, I call them very special because we sent out a notice to, um, to, to boys' schools all over the country looking for new, hot podcast talent. The hottest, tightest uh, the boys that I could find that knew how to speak into microphones. And finally, after a year of auditioning, they made it through the choreography rounds. Um, they made it through the swimsuit edition, which was brought up. And then I canceled because I thought that it was disgusting that it was even a part of the plan to begin with. But I want I want I need to be thanked for the change immediately. Thank you. Thank but you. You're welcome. You're welcome. But I'd like to introduce you guys. The uh, Welcome to the the newest podcast to, uh, to, to join LPN. It's called Fraudsters with my old buddies. These guys, it's Sina Gaznavi, Justin Williams. Thank you for coming on to the LPN show. Woo! Yeah, thank you so much for having us, and you really appreciate it, man. I feel like we I feel like we're Anthony Davis and we got to join the Lakers. We got a shot at a ring now. Thanks for having this us. This is it, baby. This is it. Oh my God. This is unfortunate. <laughs> but I will we're not drug testing. So I want Perfect. you to take HGH. Truly, I want you to do it. I want you to get bigger and thicker. I don't care about your your joints. <laughs> we're gonna hit you with all the cortisone shots and we're gonna keep you going. <laughs> For years, past your prime. All you need is like one, two cycles, and you're you're up there. You don't need to be doing it so habitually. These other guys do. Couple cycles of the HGH, you're getting swollen. It helps, yeah. Because then I I was talking to a trainer guy before we get into all of the stuff I talked up top about how we're gonna talk about the show and do all this stuff. But I was talking to this personal trainer guy about. I was like, get me HGH. Yeah. I want to try yeah. it, and he was all like, uh. It makes your skull grow bigger and your hands grow bigger, but in your heart enlarges and then you'll die faster. And I was like, yeah. Yeah, that's all great. <laughs> what's the neck? What's the downside again? I can't remember. Was that my hands get bigger? Are you kidding me? Sign me up. I have a tiny head. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, my head could get bigger because I, one thing I'll notice specifically about movie stars, if, if you're in a room with the movie stars, huge heads, physically very large domes yeah you know who i always think about with that tom hanks huge head watermelon huge head but you know who i think who has the best hga to audi i like that sylvester stallone is the most ripped 95 year old man <laughs> he's i think that he's gonna die and his corpse is gonna continue to grow yeah <laughs> like his he had his veins are like he looks like a Stradivarius. <laughs> it's incredible to see how intricate his veins soon become as you get older. You just become a collection of cobwebs. <laughs> how is it that Sylvester Stallone's blood is not a cure for the coronavirus? I mean, it's just injecting <laughs> Rambo's blood. HGH. <laughs> Maybe that's one of those things no one wants to talk about. Where's what's his name? Where's the guy with the big forearms that hit the home runs all the time? Uh, not Mark McGrath. Is Sammy Mark, Sosa. Mark, Mark, the Mark, other Mark one. McGuire? McGrath. Mark, I think it was, I think it was actually Mark, Mark McGrath from Sugar Ray actually hit seventy one homers yeah. in a season. Yeah, <laughs> but he's asterisk because he was just too funky. <laughs> he's too funky to play basketball, baseball. Oh my god, guys! All right, 
So let's talk about our new show. The, the debut date is going to be August 27th uh, on the LPN. We're going to we're going to put it in your holes. Fraudsters is a show about, I say, financial crime. I think that's a way to put it, right? Financial-based crimes. True crime. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the show's definitely based on schemes and scammers and con artists that take advantage of vulnerable people financially. And that, I think that's like the big thing about it. Some of these people didn't actually commit a crime, but when you look at it, you're like, that's a crime. That That's not right. They did something wrong. And a lot of times, there may be some sort of like civil penalty that they get or something like that. They get a slap on the wrist. They get a fine or something. But they've like plundered and pillaged the savings of millions of people <laughs> no no one does anything about it we just are like up oh, that's tuesday that's business <laughs> as usual and so we're not gonna let that happen yeah and sometimes uh people get so invested in the project that they actually make excuses for the people that have victimized them <laughs> it's been like you were so vulnerable it's like i had to take your money just to teach you a lesson <laughs> Well, we talked about it because we talked a little bit about this once on last podcast because I was in at one point we were talking about like, you know, what episodes we want to do in the future. And the name Bernie Madoff had kind of come up about like into this massive crime, because in America, it seems like maybe you can expound upon this. America specifically, a financial crime can kill you like someone emptying out your bank accounts in America, maybe specifically can fucking kill you in this country because you have to have cash to do anything. And essentially, it's like murder. If you go, if you become a net zero, it's like you don't exist anymore. Yeah, I mean, if you look at what Bernie Madoff did, I mean, he, like, like huge endowments were just wiped out from universities. Magazines went out of businesses. Buildings cleared out. That's, again, it's like, of course, someone ended up dying down the, down the chain, down the ripple effects of that, you know? There's no doubt in my mind that we could draw a line eventually to the killing of someone from Bernie Madoff. But you know what? There's nothing in our legal system that says that's that's a problem. That's just like, you know, that's business. That's capitalism. Also, just virtually killing someone. I don't even know if it's yeah. necessarily with the debt. It's just something because our country happens to grind up the very, very poor. Right. Like that's a part of it. It kills you with not being able to get the proper health care, kills you with living in subpar conditions, kills you with doing all this kind of like there, there are so many ways for you to be murdered by the system once you don't have any money. Yeah. How many of Madoff's victims, did, did he have suicides connected? Usually there's suicides connected to all of these precisely because people do realize that they're like socially dead, like with a zero bank account. I mean, there was his son. Ooh. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was bad. I saw that movie. Robert De Niro, so does, he's good in that movie. That's, yeah, he does the, yeah, took a little money, a little bit. A little bit. This is not Saturday Night Live. I don't want to tell, show everybody how great I am at my De Niro. Now, when you guys started the show, was this to help you figure out creative solutions to how to do your own financial crimes? I mean, yeah. I mean, of course. I mean, Justin. Justin's a professor, Good. so it's like he's been scamming, uh, you know, young people for years now. <laughs> yes, I've actually been distributing a self-published coloring book as a textbook to my <laughs> students. And, it, and, 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 and nobody's caught on yet. It's the same book for every class I teach. You know what's funny, though? I always think about, like, the, um, you know, when you get into, like, the entertainment business and, or you get into comedy, it is like the fake it till you make it. Like when I was like started doing stand up when I was fucking a child, 
I used a fake ID to get into places. I said I was a stand-up. I said I was a writer. I said I was, when I started producing, people were like, what do you do? I was like, I'm a producer. Like, what is that? I was like, I'll make it happen. And I have no idea what I, I just did. I just did things, you know? You, the whole world is very lucky that you are a positive scammer. (laughs) <laughs> what we would call yeah. probably in our parlance a hustler right that now that is way that is way more of a positive connotation than it used to have where you just knew if you start calling yourself a producer weirdly people start acting as if you are one yeah and it's like now you're seeing i i, I feel when i'm reading these i'm like did I, am i a piece of shit like am i am i the problem but then you read about these people that have like doubled and tripled down on their lies, right? And like Justin always brings this up. It's like, yes. when, if, if I'm going to say a lie, I'm going to double down on that lie because that is what they they end up doing. I could never do that. If I get caught in a lie or if I'm like, I think I'm being, you know, un, untruthful or something, I am one of those people that will just word vomit and purge. I've been on a grand jury stand. And I over expository the entire thing. I just kept talking and I got the, the grand jury was laughing, but that was not the point. I mean, I just kept, they're laughing at me because I was so nervous. I was like, I'm sorry. We were drunk. My friend crossed the street. Yeah, he's dead. I'm sorry. You know, we were going to do drugs. Oh God. They're like, honestly, let's figure out another crime we can pin on this. <laughs> honestly, I think that maybe he might be on the, on the docket. <laughs> but what do you think? Why is it? What is it about liars? Because we were like, my wife and I were talking about this the other day about how certain people kind of just get into this like zone where I think that the more and more you lie and the more ostentatious you stand in the spotlight and lie, the more and more in America, you seem to get a pass. Like you, you can make a long, you can make it a long time, never admitting once that you were wrong. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, a part of it's, I think, the internet culture, like, it's like we uh, hold people way more accountable for, 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 like, coming from the right place, but, like, slightly missing the mark on a social point than someone who's just, like, mm-hmm. an outright monster. So, like, the key, like, you can't be accountable to wokeness if you just double down on being a monster. Like, my favorite was Nick Cannon when he did that, when he just gave, like, an insane 1930s discredited racial theory on a podcast and you're like whoa and he's like i'm the victim here they really want to shut me up and it's like no you just changed nazism to black (laughs) like black crazy conspiracy theories and and the fact that then he was like i can't believe people are getting mad at me now for apologizing like he immediately kept making himself the victim uh and it's just like maybe if you're the host of america's got talent or whatever you shouldn't say that white people came from the Caucasus Mountains and are less than human beings. <laughs> hey, man, I, I know that I was born in a lab <laughs> in order to create oppressors. I know that. <laughs> but we just look at our president. I mean, but honestly, we're in the sea of this. We're like, we're in a sea of like, just how far being, you just, I think the key is you have to be 100% corrupt. You cannot be like 97% corrupt. You just have to be all the way. And then people just keep rolling with you. And that's that's the thing, right? So it's like there's there's lying, right? And we talk about this on the show where it's like, you know, I've lied about getting out of dinner plans, which I have also said that I'll never do anymore since COVID because I really want to go to dinner with friends. <laughs> I am still haunted by the last night that I went out. I am still haunted when we were getting into an Uber and and Amber Nelson, we were it was after classy night out in LA and Amber Nelson's like, come on, don't you want to stay a little bit late? And we're like, 
we have all the weekends <laughs> for the next couple of months to stay out late. I'm tired. And yeah. then we got in the Uber and then it was quarantine the next fucking day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So then there's like that there's like that level of lying. And that's not what we're going after, right? This isn't a show where it's like we're going to come after people that are like doing the small lies or even just like the medium lies. It's that the egregious ones, the ones that rise not just to like you're not telling the truth, but that you are changing reality around you. You are completely dist- this alternate reality that you live in. And sometimes it is in the benefit of society. Like look at Steve Jobs. He was a complete fraud, right? But all the things he did, he gave us the iPhone. He gave us all these things. He was a terrible You say father. fraud. You say fraud. I say idea man. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> that's where I like to put myself. I'm just an idea man that says things that sometimes <laughs> people, you know, they'll either develop or, you know, and then sometimes people get upset, but it's all kind of lumped together of just being an idea person. And all those things eventually, like the idea comes to fruition, right? Eventually those things happen. But if you look at, you know, any of the big scammers, like the televangelists we've talked about, I mean, we don't even need to go into the president, but if you took a look at any of these huge scammers, they will create a reality around them that is just distorted from everyone else. And then all of a sudden, how are you going to argue truth with that person? You can't call them a liar when they are living the truth in their own alternate universe. And that's the fucking crazy part. And to Justin's point about the internet, the internet has just exacerbated that tenfold. Yeah, that's why I had to get off Twitter. It's a bunch of people that have just created a world. But one of my favorite ones, uh, I don't know if, if any of you guys follow, uh, uh, I'm off of there now, but go to Tariq Nasheed's profile. He's like a, he's like a, he's like a oh, crazy yeah. misogynist. And his my favorite thing is when Kareem Hunt, yeah. uh, the, he was a running back uh, for the Kansas City Chiefs. He kicked a woman in a hotel and it was caught on camera. And Tariq Nasheed's tweet was like, do you see this is part of the long pattern of women throwing themselves on the feet of powerful men in order to, and it's just like, it's just like a complete alternate universe. <laughs> but you know, then there's gets to places. My problem is that like, you get so far into thinking about it, then eventually I'm like, that's almost inspiring. <laughs> I wish I could hold true to my own truth as much as possible because my truth is at least not 1930s like scientific racism. You know, like my truth is like I, I wish there was a way to take the Chick-fil-A sandwich out of that restaurant and give it to another restaurant. I wish there was a way that I could get that sandwich from another place. Or like uh, Tommy Loren's another good one. Like now she's like with a straight face arguing for peaceful protest. When like, her, like she's like dedicated her life to trashing Colin Kaepernick. <laughs> unbelievable, dude. It's unbelievable. So now that you're in now that you are examining cons, what's yeah. like what is like a thing that you can start like because, you know, we talk about like in last podcast with serial killers, we talk about the patterns of what they what serial killers do is validating motions like they slowly build up and what we call a lot it's like self-allowances where they start like like when ed kemper started like casing hitch like hitchhiking women like he would pick them up and dry runs he would do these little dry runs and kind of dare himself to do the thing that he was like was in the back of his mind and and putting himself in situations where he'd start to say like i just couldn't control myself anymore even though He's the one ramping it up. 
Like, I feel that there has to be that, because I know that there's a little bit in the first episodes you're talking about was with Miss Cleo, like the idea of almost like an addiction to the scam. Yeah, there's definitely that. I think there's two things that I'm already, you know, that we've talked about on the show and that I'm seeing just in the research uh, is that, yeah, the one is the pattern of behavior starts before the scam that we've all heard about, right? To your point, like the, before those murders happened, there was a pattern of a behavior that kind of led up to it. Uh, Justin, what what did Miss Cleo uh, in Seattle? Uh, she well, she had the community theater group where she uh, didn't she say she had cancer? I believe. Yeah, the Langston uh, Hughes community group. Yeah. For those of you that don't know, I'm just going to just say this: just re- like look up Miss Cleo from the Psychic Hotline Network. Yeah. Right? Is that Psychic Friends? Yeah. No, well, that's a different one. Psychic Readers Network came after Psychic, Psychic Friends. Psychic Friends is Dion Warwick. <laughs> Yes. Right. Is that and, the Dion Warwick one? And the guy from Miami Vice. I don't Yeah, that's right. You but she famously, even though if you believe in psychics, she was not one. No. Oh yeah. She's an actor and a playwright. And I guess a pretty good playwright and a great actor. I guess you could say that. <laughs> but her shit started early, basically, is what her shit started early. But here's the other thing. Yes, we we talk about yes, she was definitely a fraud, right? Definitely not. And she even like took the Fifth Amendment. I'm like giving away some of the goods here, but like she took the Fifth no, Amendment. No, yeah, yeah, you don't, yeah, don't spoil too much stuff for the show. But I want, I just want people to see your work. Like this is, it's very interesting. It's the patsy that I find that I'm, I didn't really realize, and I think we're gonna see that more. All these big cons have someone that they've brought in based on their own greed that are inherently dishonest themselves, but then become part of a much larger scheme. And you'll see that with the Psychic Readers Network. Yes, Miss Cleo's a fraud. But the guys that are running Psychic Readers Network were trying to do scammy businesses for years. And they kept doing them after that <laughs> shit. They, they put together an elaborate scam that made them hundreds of millions of dollars. It's, it's un... I just... This is where I feel so naive because you're like, oh, of course, all this whole time, like we start, we're going to go after Miss Cleo. It's like, no, it's the fucking three white guys behind Miss Cleo that we should have been talking about. (laughs) It's kind of like she got drafted. Yeah. Like it's almost like these are the type of people everybody's necessary, right? Because it, it seems it's a lot of like in terms of business based crimes. You got to have the the cash, where it's all going to, who's benefiting, right? Just within the system. And I imagine quite a bit, isn't there like a back of house and a front of house structure? Like, isn't there like always somebody who's the puppet master and then someone who's the face of the scam to give like an emotional trigger? Yeah, there's always like a a front of the house and then the back of the house. But what I'm seeing in some of these like financial crimes is that all they're using is not like a Cayman Islands account. It's just capitalism. It's just Chase Bank. It's like they're doing it within the bounds of what we call like the law. But if you look at this one guy, Kevin Trudeau, who's been banned from infomercials, he is like lying to everyone. Yeah, I love his he's guy. Ban- he's, yeah. he's like, it's just the, he just, he's all front of the house. There was nothing in the back of the house. He didn't need to do anything, but just could tell people that he could make them like, read faster, do math in their head for in like two seconds. I mean, I it's like, I, I, I definitely am a sucker for a sales pitch. And and it, this stuff is starting to scare me. Dazzle yeah, me. Exactly. I'm one of those. Dazzle me. As long as I am not bored within the scam, at some level, I have convinced myself, you know, you were in the middle, you were knowingly a part of a scam. I mean, like, I'm going to just, not in a bad way, but you know, like, 
COVID-19 were over a barrel. Postmates can charge me whatever the fuck it is that they want to show up at my house. I don't know. But I know that I'm getting wings out yeah. of it. So I'm hanging in. Exactly. What was it uh, with Jim Baker, uh, the televangelist? People after he went to prison for fraud, clearly a, a, a criminal. People were coming out and being like, why did he go to prison? I still want to give him my money. Like, <laughs> if, if it is it a crime if the victim is like, what's the problem? <laughs> yeah, then it's just entertainment. Then you're paying to be flimmed. Exactly. Like, I, it, and it's like, and I think in the uh, beginning of this, we were like, it's going to be called American fraud. And then it was like, no, no, this is a human condition. This is around the world. This is happening. And it's, I don't know. I, I, I think we're going to learn a lot about like the, the human experience and, and how easily swayed we are by like just like a good sales pitch or like when our brain's not thinking right or when we're desperate or especially, uh, right, what, Justin, when we're lonely. That's another big thing. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah, people want to be, you know, just be a part of something, even if it's being a victim. It's like being a part of a community of yeah. victims is better than just being alone. <laughs> I love that. Do you think, because I apply that a lot to conspiracy theory, where like, if you believe the fucking, like, if you believe that the moon is hollow, you lost your job and you're not, you know, like, it's difficult. You're, you are, you used to be an accountant. Now you're working at 7-Eleven. But if you believe that the moon is a hologram, it's like Becky left the house burnt down like you are like you're living in a station wagon like it all seems to be commensurate to the amount of pain and loneliness going on in your personal life that causes you to attach yourself to something completely insane yeah you know i, I like to go i i call it dark internet like uh as a as a stand-up comedian there's this there's this one level of comedian that you've never actually seen perform uh <laughs> they live in like they live in like random exactly towns. Like it's always like it's like South Pensacola, Georgia, and then uh, and then they uh, and then they friend request five hundred of us. They're, they're somehow friends with all comedians, yeah. And they always share like a lot of like racist or like conspiratorial memes. And one thing you uh, none of these people has like a family or like any source of happiness. No. It's just straight rage and conspiracy theories. Which by the way, know. Justin, you see more of those, I think on Facebook than anywhere else. And that's the one platform that you're, you are on right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're on the most evil one. <laughs> no, because those people like, they exist, but I have to go to their page. Uh, if, if, they, if they get a big enough platform on Twitter, they become verified and then they become like, they become like the boss. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, it's like Tommy Loren and like Ann Coulter. Like those people run Twitter. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's their domain. You know what I mean? They're the Agent Smiths. Nobody's ever faced them down and beat them on Twitter. You can't beat them there. You know? <laughs> Do you guys, have you either one of you ever had your money just straight up taken? Oh, sure. Um, Besides the, oh, how many times? I'm like, I'm like, Cena. I'm not going to say that you, you know, you didn't take money from me, but like the four years we spent working on that project. <laughs> Um, we made a virtual internet game that we shot in a basement for four years. and But that was more of a time. That was more time and energy <laughs> that was taken. The Bear Stearns Bravo is still worth it. It's on there. BearStearnsBravo.com. Hey, you can go onto a website. Uh, it's great. It's still game. It's we. The work is still there. That time was taken from me as well. <laughs> but you know, uh, if, but if, if you were to ask my wife. Have you ever been straight up like fucking hoodwinked? 
I think if you I think if you asked Cosmo, my wife, this question, she would say, remember when the Police Benevolent Association called you and said that, <laughs> that they were raising money because of 9-11 and it was like, you know, 10 years after 9-11 and you just like gave them your credit card info and you didn't actually verify who they were or what <laughs> if they were really from the police. And I was like, but babe, this is like 9-11, you know, it's, it's sad. They They helped out. And I look, and then like ten minutes later, I was like, "Oh my god, what did I just do?" What? Oh no, I just paid for a tank. Exactly. <laughs> oh god, I could just see the yeah, I see the the mace. I just paid for ten canisters of mace that they sprayed all over an old man. Another time, we were actually uh, I won. You know, sometimes you'll like book a trip, and then they'll call you and be like, "You just won a, a free hotel stay in Lake Tahoe." And and then I was like, oh, my God, babe, amazing. All we got to do is fly out to Lake Tahoe. We got three nights at the Harrah's in Lake Tahoe. All we got to do is sit through a, a timeshare presentation. <laughs> and then this timeshare presentation, it was on Father's Day. And I, I so smart. I love my dad. And it's like this man was just like, oh, I'm here on Father's Day. It's like, well, here's my son. Here's a picture of my son. And then, holy shit. And then he walks away and he like gives the whole pitch. And like I look at Cosmo, I'm like, pretty fucking great, huh? And she goes, Are you fucking crazy? We need to get out of here right now. <laughs> All over Sirius XM is just constant commercials of being like, are you trapped inside of a timeshare? I too was trapped inside one to the point where I was selling timeshares. I am a lawyer that could get you out of any timeshare. First, what you need is a gun because you must kill the head of timeshares in order to break the spell of timeshares. There can only be one timeshare Highlander. <laughs> But yeah, Justin, have you ever experienced, like, have you met these dudes? Because the my closest I ever had was, like, when I was doing mm -hmm. Wolf of Wall Street, I met a lot of the guys that knew, like, that were a part of Stratton Oakmont and, like, do kind of stuff. And what I always found really interesting about those guys is that they, <laughs> like, I was the handsome version of them. Mm. Like, they were gross, like, troll people. They were like, hey, 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 like it was all like full, like New York, like dripping with gabagool. But they made money doing their scams for years. And they were all still like, like one guy, the guy that played Sea Otter tried to, the guy that, who, the real Sea Otter that I was based on, <laughs> tried to sell us stereo equipment at a lunch. And we're all like, why do you have that in your car? And he's just like, hey, you know, you never know when somebody needs a couple of hi-fi speakers. And I was like, I think you stole these speakers. <laughs> so number one, I've, I've had greed get me. I, I try to pick my own stocks. And I bought stock on a, a computer company based out on Long Island that had made like a couple of fastest 500 growing stock lists. And they're like, we're going to do this thing called a smart desk where we put all the computer parts in a desk. And I remember uh, that shit where it was like the smart table too, where you could like, yeah. it was like a coffee table. I remember that being like, this is going to be huge. And then I remember at some point I was like, what if you put like a glass of liquid on there? And they're like, no, 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 you can't, you can't be doing that. I'm just like, but this is my coffee table. They're like it's an information table. <laughs> yeah. They got me for about a hundred shares. Oh. Uh, I, I, and then I also, I started as a stand-up comedian on the new talent night. So I know all about being, uh, <laughs> oh, Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, dude. When are you doing fucking Caroline's? When yeah. do we stop bringers? 
The Bringer Show is the, I mean, that, I'm glad you brought, that is the great, I mean, I did that so many times. And then I wonder how many bookers from Comedy Central, HBO, Showtime, and like, were all there. Never. I think one Not time the guy just wanted to fuck me, who was uh, running the show. It was at the New York Comedy Club. That was at least made me feel good a little bit that he wanted me, but. Other than that. Yeah, it's so funny. They're like, uh, all right, so here's the deal. Uh, we'll give you five minutes on our stage uh, at, at 5.30 p.m. Mm-hmm. on a Tuesday mm-hmm. in exchange for you uh, bringing 400 of your closest friends. Um, so the bringer show, yeah, they, they promise you all these industry things. And uh, the best thing that happens is maybe a comic that is passed on a late night show comes and like bombs very briefly on your show. That's the biggest, that's the, literally the most you could hope for. It, I think our, I want to say that our, I did a bringer show at Caroline's that I want to say was hosted by like, it was somebody that was guilty of crimes like two years later. You know what I mean? Like it was always <laughs> like, it was a stand-up comic on his way down. And I arrived being like, this is a big deal for me. And he's just like, huh, what do you want to be brought up as? <laughs> your fucking bullshit. What's your fucking name? Not that it matters because you'll be gone in a week. I was like, I'm right, sorry, guys, sir. Do you want this tape? We have a tape of you performing just after Gene Gene the Dancing Machine oh, from the Gong God, Show yeah. in like 2009, though. I wish I still had my tape because I bought the fucking thing. I bought the hook, line, and sinker. I paid, it was like an extra 25 bucks to get the fucking tape of your performance. <laughs> well, all right. So now I'm very excited. I don't want to tell people like all the topics that you're covering because I, yeah. I like keeping things a surprise. But all right. Maybe there's like a thing. What's some advice you could give people? Like now that you're starting to see and delve into this workshop, like, like, like now that you like dip your toe in, what can you say to people or like, Hey, maybe you shouldn't do this. Maybe this is a thing to avoid. Maybe this is a way to keep your money from just being ganked. Uh, so there's no such thing as fast money. That's never going to happen. Never. Yeah. That's just like never going to happen. Like no fast money is going to happen. Um, but if you do think fast money is going to happen, please contact me at justinwilliamscomedy.com because <laughs> I've got something cooking. I'm the exception, goddammit. And you give me, I'll give you my Venmo handle and then we can get some fast money going. If you're lonely and you think there's something that's going to be an answer, that's a red flag. And it's hard to mm. recognize if but, you're lonely. But the problem I is get that, that you're not looking, yeah, like you're not looking for the answers unless you're brutally lonely. The other thing is like, uh, I always, I, you know, if you have someone you could talk to like a partner, right? Like usually other humans, unless they're on the same fucking ride with you, right? Like a lot of these people, if you're like going to the same mega church, you're like, Hey, is this guy full of you? You're like, hell, this is the best experience of my life. Give him more money. He needs more Rolls Royces. You're paying for a show. You, th- but if they said it was a show, I would personally be buying tickets. But if they yes. don't, they say they're talking to God or they say they are like going to do whatever. And even in business, I think it's also like give yourself some time. If you get excited about something, I even do this before I buy anything. It's like, just wait 24 hours just before you fucking start, you know, throwing your credit card around. But honestly, honestly it's- that's. Very smart because I've been trying to do that too. Because the retail therapy in <laughs> quarantine is like, 
I have, I am going to say, I'm going to walk around. I'm going to look like Zoolander <laughs> when this is done with all of the dumb shit clothes that I've purchased being in, just being inside my house. I'm going to walk out of here in 2021, just like brand new squeaky clothes just every day. <laughs> you got like the little fish in the heels of your shoes. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I got all of that shit. I, I. I thought it would be cool to get one of those hipster, like, zip-up uniform things. Like, have you seen the one? It's like a unitard, not a unitard, but like a workman coverall that, like, people wear. A onesie? Yeah, a onesie. And I look like fucking pedophile Super Mario. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, sure. Because when you have a big, like, my gut right above my dick part is the most pronounced. Mm-hmm. And the that clo- the fupa that I have straight up is not flattered by <laughs> the workman's outfit. Like, and I can't wear like a sash or like a jaunty sweater over it because they can see. Tr- Tracy Morgan calls that a speed bump. Goes, <laughs> <laughs> you better slow. That's exactly how I feel. Slow down. Get your whole transmission torn out. <laughs> I, I am very I just I I feel like I should be celebrating my body, but I feel like that there are times maybe I shouldn't. No, you gotta celebrate, man. I think you should wear something that actually accentuates only that part of your body. Like I was starting to think that that's what you do is that start and wear clothes. More like baby tees. Mm-hmm. I think that baby tees should come back for almost 40-year-old men where you can see just under my tits. Where, because I think under tits, as a man, should also be embraced because it's the thing that makes us horny, right? And but I don't know if it'll make women horny, but at least they they should be able to see it. Yeah, a little side boob is good for everybody. When under- oh yeah, but my thing is I don't think any man. That's one thing about high fashion clothes for men is that I think that they all think there's something about high fashion clothes for men where they just cut the sleeves off. Mm. there's like every high fashion when you because we watch a lot of the fashion reality mm-hmm. shows and they're always showing because like this is the worst part of me like my armpit to the my middle side flap is mm. the worst part of me and all of the shirts just show we it. need to start dressing with the confidence of a 17 year old girl on maury povich <laughs> <laughs> it's like she is just yeah, fine with it it's been like she looks good um, well, do you, is there any other projects you guys want to talk about? Do you want to plug anything else? Is there anything that you want to, you want to get into before we wrap it up? Yeah, listen to Fraudsters. Listen, liars, cheaters, scammers. <laughs> yes. We are on this. Fuck yes. Fraudsters, yes. baby. Yes. We're going to be pumping this shit out. And we're going to have fucking merch. And you guys, we're doing a Fraudsters cruise. And yeah, that might seem like a shell thing. It might seem like yeah. some form of scam. <laughs> exactly. But Cena will be selling lifestyle tips, his new multivitamin. So you, you don't think you're going away empty-handed from the Frosters cruise. Yeah, absolutely. We're going to be doing a, a high-end party in the Caribbean mm-hmm. called Ice Festival. It's going it's gonna, to... It's gonna, <laughs> can we actually gonna, get Smirnoff Ice to do it? Absolutely. Are you kidding? It's going to be great. No, uh, ja every Thursday from there. previous... Mm-hmm. I hope he is. I wouldn't wouldn't be He's a festival without Ja Rule. Uh, every Thursday, I'm on Sirius XM on the Karen Hunter show uh, from 3 to 6 on channel 126. So that's a good show. Oh, good you, for you. You know, no, it's I a didn't mean to do that. Audio I asked you to platform. plug. It's I an audio platform. That's it. Other than that, 
you know, Cena now on all social. You come find me there. See pictures of my little Jack Russell. And he's talking about his dog. That's not a nickname for his penis. <laughs> Guys, thank you so much for listening to the LPN show. I have been your host, Henry Zabrowski. You knew that. Um, and now, make sure, as soon as you see that fraudsters pop up <laughs> on August 27th, you better give it a click, a click. Or I don't know what's going to happen to you. Clickety-clack. Yeah, Henry's got us on a strict numbers diet. So if we don't hit our numbers, we're toast. Okay, guys? That's yeah, it. You, yeah, if you don't hit those numbers, you only are going to have to do that show for another five to ten years for the network. <laughs> That's for certain. <laughs> All right, y'all. Thank you for checking out. And I'll see you next week. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors, you can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com.